We talked yesterday, Gamecock fans, about how South Carolina needs to get a playmaking wide receiver to pair up with Antoine Juice Wells. And Florida International wide receiver Chris Mitchell just might be the guy that can fulfill that need. You are locked on Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast and a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank y'all so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listener watch for your team here today. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepickscom slash college and use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily Fantasy Sports made easy. So we discussed on our Tuesday show here on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast about how the South Carolina Gamecocks, in terms of their football program, there are several needs that have got to be addressed through the transfer portal in this upcoming cycle. Now, the undergraduate portal portion of this cycle does not officially open until next Sunday, December the 4th. But a bunch of graduate transfers have already been jumping into the portal from all over the place. And we're going to talk about that on today's show, particularly regarding the Ivy League and also a wide receiver from Florida International that could be exactly the kind of wide receiver that South Carolina has got to get out of the portal in this cycle. And that is Chris Mitchell. Now, it was reported sometime late in the evening on Tuesday by both Gamecock Central and the Big Spur, two Gamecock-affiliated sites here on this beat in Columbia, that the Gamecocks are indeed looking at Chris Mitchell. And when you look at some of his stats, uh, it's for pretty good reason. In the 2023 season, Chris Mitchell tallied 64 receptions for 1,118 receiving yards, that's 17 and a half yards per reception and seven receiving touchdowns. There's a couple different things that really stood out when diving further into what all Chris Mitchell did in 2023. One, Chris Mitchell was very consistent in terms of his performances. Sometimes when you see a stat line like this, while it looks good on the surface, when you look a bit further, you see that maybe a particular wide receiver, they've logged like a couple of 150-plus receiving yard games. Basically, they've had a bunch of outlier performances that kind of skews the data from their season in its entirety. That is not the case with Chris Mitchell. Chris Mitchell logged at least 73 receiving yards in 10 games in the 2023 season, and that includes four games with 100-plus receiving yards. What does this remind you of? It reminds you, probably, of what Xavier Leggett just did for South Carolina. Xavier Leggett, for the majority of the 2023 season, he was the guy for South Carolina, and he didn't have like just one or two 200-yard receiving games that, you know, made his 1,200-plus receiving yard season, you know, look a lot better than it actually was. He was a guy that always gave you a really good outing, and that's what Chris Mitchell did for the Panthers this past season. The other thing that I noticed 
when looking at some of his stats from the 2023 season is that Chris Mitchell did not disappear against the good competition that Florida International did play. And the four games that I looked at specifically were games against Liberty, New Mexico State, Jacksonville State, and Arkansas, which I believe that's three nine-plus win teams with Liberty, New Mexico State, and Jacksonville State, and an SEC team in Arkansas. Against Liberty, he logged four catches for 89 yards. Against New Mexico State, he logged eight catches for 91 yards. Jacksonville State, it was five catches for 109 yards and a touchdown. And against Arkansas, yes, a team that had a bad year this year, 4-8 and I believe, but still an SEC program with SEC-level talent, the most talented team on paper that Florida International played all season. Chris Mitchell recorded six catches for 157 yards and a touchdown. Who does this remind you of? Is what I'll ask you now. And you might be thinking about, this is exactly what Juice Wells did late in the 2022 season against teams like Tennessee and Clemson. He also was a big reason why South Carolina defeated Kentucky on the road in 2022. And going back to how he is reminiscent of Xavier Leggett in terms of his stat totals, his career trajectory is very similar to what Leggett's was during his time at South Carolina. Because in Chris Mitchell's first three seasons with Florida International, between 2020 and 2022, he recorded 37 catches for 545 receiving yards and five receiving touchdowns. So in essence... He flashed at times, but seemingly was never able to put it all together on a week-to-week basis until this fall. It's exactly what happened with Xavier Leggett during his time here at South Carolina. So, I know that I've thrown out a lot of numbers at this point in this portion of the show. But I say all this to ask y'all this question. What does this say about Chris Mitchell? In my opinion, what all these numbers and stats say about Chris Mitchell is he goes about football the right way. This is a guy that does not take a week off. This is a guy that does not sort of get down on himself if maybe he does have an off week. Or in this case, a couple seasons where, again, he was able to have a couple good performances, but was never able to put it all together. It's just like Xavier Leggett, at least based on what the numbers tell us. This is a kid that goes hard in practice and likely carries his practice habits over to the football field on Saturdays. That is something that Shane Beamer and the staff greatly values in their football program. And again, we just saw how that matriculated for Xavier Leggett, how the light finally came on for him in 2023. And the other thing that all these numbers say about Chris Mitchell is that his skills very likely can translate to the SEC. Again, if I looked at those games against Liberty, New Mexico State, Jacksonville State, and Arkansas, the four best teams on that schedule, and Chris Mitchell was just completely MIA, he disappeared. He didn't even maybe go over 200 receiving yards combined in those four games. I would sit here and tell you that he's a really good group of five wide receiver, but probably not cut out for the SEC. But I look at those numbers against those particular teams, Teams that were really good this fall. And I sit here and say, this is a this is another Antoine Juice Wells right here. 
This guy is someone that slipped through the cracks initially for one reason or another, and now he is just dominating the competition that he's going up against week in and week out. So, Antoine Juice Wells, I talked about it the other day. Him coming back, as long as he's coming back to South Carolina for certain, it is a big deal for the Gamecocks. But, you've got to find somebody to pair up with Juice Wells. If you get a guy like Chris Mitchell out of the transfer portal, South Carolina, you've got yourself potentially the best one-two tandem at wide receiver in the SEC next fall. I'm not being around the bush with that. I think that Chris Mitchell can have that kind of impact for this football team if you land him. Now, obviously, if he is as good as I think he is, um, South Carolina is not going to be the only team that's going to go after him. But as I'll discuss later in the show, the Gamecocks, they might be ready to make a run at guys like him because of what they're potentially doing along the NIL front. Now, along with Chris Mitchell, the Gamecocks are also going after a couple different targets from the Ivy League, guys that are graduate transfers and are looking to play their final year of college ball somewhere else. And this has led to some interesting comments, to say the least, from some fans of South Carolina. And I want to address sort of the dialogue surrounding Ivy League transfers and explain why this has become a strategy for Shane Beamer and his staff when it comes to the transfer portal. I'll dive into all of that in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. The great thing about Prize Picks, y'all, is I, I'm telling you, it is really easy and simple to play. All you got to do is select anywhere from two to six athletes from a variety of different sports and say whether or not they're going to go more than or less than their projected stat line for their upcoming game. So a perfect example is the Pac-12 title game that's taking place on Friday night between number three Washington and number five Oregon. It is probably the best championship game that's taking place this upcoming weekend here in college football. And I got two picks for you in this game. I think that quarterback Bo Nix for Oregon is going to throw for more than 326 and a half passing yards. And I think that Washington quarterback Michael Penix is going to throw for less than 302 and a half passing yards. I think the Ducks are going to get revenge on the Huskies. Passing game and running game is just all too good. And I think Washington, they were a bit fortunate to get the Oregon Ducks when they did earlier in the year at home in week six or seven. So give me the Ducks getting revenge in this one. If you agree with my selections or maybe you're interested in checking out some other players and matchups, go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash college and promo code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. And as always, a big thank you to each and every one of you everydayers who make the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first watch on YouTube or your daily listen wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Okay, I want to talk about something that I have noticed from a certain segment of South Carolina's fan base over the past day or so. It's not many of you, but there are a couple of you out there that uh, seem to be against the strategy of targeting Ivy League transfer players out of the portal. Now, the main rationale that I've seen for this is essentially the fact that um, I think that 
Some people are looking back at what Nick Gargiulo did in the 2023 season, and they're choosing to focus on what all happened when he moved to center. Obviously, you know, first of all, that's not a move that most linemen are able to make in the middle of a football season. Let's acknowledge that first and foremost. And secondly, uh, Mike Yuva, actually, who also works for Gamecock Central, he he said earlier this week or late last week in an interaction with another fan that Nick Gargiulo played a good amount of the season hurt, or at least the latter half of the season injured. So Nick Gargiulo, he fought through a lot, and he was put in a situation that most offensive linemen would have not been able to handle in the first place. And I can promise you, if Nick Gargiulo had not been able to play center for South Carolina and maybe fight through some of the injuries that he was dealing with, you know, it could have been a worse situation along the offensive line for South Carolina, especially in that middle stretch of the season where there were so many guys that were out due to different injuries. But a lot of people seem to be focused on the fact that, you know, he messed up on a snap or two in a couple of games. And maybe he his performances weren't quite as good as they were when he was at the guard position. And sure, Nick Rogula could probably tell you himself that he could have played a little bit better. You know, I'm sure that he would he would say that in his own right. But to make it out like South Carolina, you know, got nothing out of that in terms of getting Nick Gargiulo. And again, it's not a ton of fans, but it is the vocal minority, as people like to call it. Um, I think that that's just a ridiculous thought. I really and truthfully do. And so I wanted to take a couple minutes to explain why South Carolina, it is a smart strategy for them to go to the Ivy League for some transfer portal targets. One, South Carolina has got connections to that region and to that league. The main connection here is assistant head coach and special teams coordinator Pete Lembo. Pete Lembo grew up on Staten Island up in New York. He grew up in the Northeast. He has lived in the Northeast for, I would say, the majority of his life. And so he is someone that has built a lot of connections, therefore, in that region. And He also coached in the Ivy League at one point. He was the tight ends coach at Dartmouth from, I believe, 1994 to 1996, based on his bio. And the other connection here for South Carolina when it comes to the Ivy League is, uh, you know, quarterback Dante Reno, the, the commit that South Carolina has coming to campus here in just a month or so from the 2024 class, his father, Tony Reno, is the head coach at Yale. I'm sure that's a big reason why South Carolina got Nick Gargiulo. So, if you're Shane Beamer, why on earth would you not take advantage of those connections that you've got there? With Pete Lembo and his background, and literally the dad of one of your future players being a head coach up there in the Ivy League. Why would you not take advantage of that? So that's the first thing I wanted to bring up with this strategy. Here's the second thing about this strategy that makes a lot of sense. These guys from the Ivy League, they come into these FBS programs with a lessened learning curve, a lower learning curve at their new stop. Because these guys are graduate transfers, more often than not. You are not allowed to play, I believe, beyond four years in the Ivy League. That's why you see a lot of these guys transfer out, because they're not ready to be done with their football careers. And that means that they've usually played either three or four years in the Ivy League. And when it comes to the offensive line position in particular, where I think South Carolina is looking at a couple different guys from the Ivy League at that spot, we got to remember, that is a very tough position to develop, both mentally 
and physically. It's not just about burning off baby fat and adding a bunch of muscle onto your frame and then bam, you're ready to play against SEC defensive linemen. It does not work that way. You've got terminology you've got to get down. You've got to learn how to pick up blitzes. You've got to learn how to communicate with your center, communicate with the quarterback. There's a bunch of different things and nuances of that position that you've got to get down when it comes to just the scheme, much less trying to physically develop in the weight room over your time in college. These guys coming in from the Ivy League, they don't have an issue with that. And let's just go ahead and say it. These guys went to the Ivy League for a reason, because those kind of people, they can process information faster, more efficiently. That's not to say that guys that don't go to the Ivy League coming out of high school cannot handle those same responsibilities. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying... There's a reason why you see the Ivy League schools, they're constantly churning out a bunch of people that excel in their respective fields because they are just, quite frankly, they're just wired a touch differently. And that also parlays over to the football field when it comes to getting a playbook down, learning a new system. The last thing that I want to discuss in terms of this strategy and why it makes sense Think of how beneficial this is for younger players. Nick Arjulo coming to Columbia. Yes, the Gamecocks already had a veteran turned leader in Vershawn Lee, who really sort of took over one of those leadership roles this past offseason. But imagine they didn't have Nick Gargiulo on this roster in 2023. You know how much more difficult it would have been for a guy like Tree Babalade to get on the field as quickly as he did? Because... When you send a guy like him out there who, yes, very athletically gifted in Tree Babalade, but still a freshman, still learning a lot, literally like guzzling water from a fire hydrant in terms of information. Imagine if he doesn't have Nick Gargiulo at left guard for a couple games when he starts out so that he can ask him, hey, what do we got to do here? Hey, if this linebacker bumps over to this part of the field, what do I got to look over on the edge over here? He can ask him so many questions and get them answered right then and there. If you don't have a guy like Nick Gargiulo there, you know how much more trouble you've got up front when a freshman like Tree Babalade is getting sent out there like that against SEC football teams, by the way. It is greatly beneficial for the development of your younger players. And guess what? South Carolina, they're about to bring in a whole other crew of really talented young offensive linemen. Josiah Thompson, Cam Pringle, Blake Franks. Why wouldn't you want an older guy from the Ivy League who can absorb the playbook very quickly and then help those young guys out by teaching them the calls, teaching them the signals, teaching them what you got to look for as an offensive lineman? Why would you not want that? Why wouldn't you want that? And again... I'm not speaking to all of you when I talk about this. I'm speaking to the few who think that it is a ridiculous strategy for Shane Boomer and his staff to go to the Ivy League and look at some of these guys. Okay? There are great benefits to going to the Ivy League. There are. Now, sure, some of you might get smart with me and say, well, why don't you just go to the Ivy League for all of your transfer portal needs? Obviously, you're not going to do that. But when it comes to the offensive line, when it comes to a tight end like Tyler Neville from Harvard, it makes a ton of sense why you would look at them, especially when you're in the process of still trying to build this offensive line up. 
That way, you don't have to throw younger guys right into the fire immediately, and maybe those guys can sit back for at least a year or so and learn behind these older, more experienced players who have been through multiple seasons of college football. So, for all those reasons, makes a ton of sense why Shane Beamer and this staff are going to the Ivy League to look at these offensive linemen and some tight ends as well. And of course, with the transfer portal, a big topic of conversation is NIL. Because, to be honest, if you want to be successful in this new era of the transfer portal, you have to be someone that can at least uh, retain guys on your current roster with NIL money. And if you want to be able to bring in big-time transfers, you have to have NIL money. South Carolina, because of an initiative that was announced yesterday, they could be in a much better position to do just that this offseason. And I'll talk about that initiative and what it could do for the program in just a few moments, right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is also brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Now, as a small business owner, obviously, it's important to operate your small business the right way. But at the same time, it's also just as important, if not more important, to have people in roles underneath you that you can fully trust. People that are going to help your small business operate more efficiently. And that's the case whether you're running a local gym, maybe you're running a landscaping company, or maybe you own a local bakery. You always need to have the right people for your team that can help your small business be the best it can be. And so if you're in a situation where you're trying to find the right people for your small business, you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs right now. All you got to do is add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring and utilize tools like screening questions to filter through the candidates. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires because LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Once again, that's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions do apply. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. A big announcement was made by the Garnet Trust, the University of South Carolina's official NIL collective on Tuesday afternoon, as the Garnet Trust announced that thanks to an anonymous donor's recent agreement, they have got a match donation initiative, basically, that's going on right now. So here's the deal. The anonymous donor agreed to match any donations made between now and December 20th up to $1 million. So, in essence, if you decide today to donate like $500, just flat, one-time donation to the Garnet Trust, that donation is going to get matched by that anonymous donor. Obviously, if this works out great for the collective, this could result in upwards of $2 million of NIL money for the Garnet Trust that will go, for the most part, to these student-athletes here at South Carolina. Now, I'm not here to be a spokesperson for the Garnet Trust. I have no relationship with the Garnet Trust. But I bring all that up to say this is a big deal for shaping the football program and also for the University of South Carolina as a whole. Because here's the thing. Again, I'm not saying that you have to like the way that 
college athletics operates now when it comes to NIL and these student athletes making money. But it is the way that things go now. I mean, if you want to be a successful program, you have to at least have a certain threshold that you are meeting in terms of NIL dollars. And the thing is, people look at that as being used as a recruiting tool to get high school players. And certainly there are some other teams out there that are using it for that very purpose. You can also look at it as, well, you know, they're just using it to buy kids out of the transfer portal, which admittedly, that is also going on. Everybody is having to do that. But, almost more importantly, these football programs especially, they need these NIL dollars to be able to retain the kids on their roster that they want to keep here, in this case in Columbia. And, I will say, like the last year or two, South Carolina, they were kind of ahead of the game in terms of NIL. They were doing a pretty good job. They were making enough money or, you know, raising enough money to where they were able to do just that. But I know that over the past few months, there's been a lot of conversation in Columbia about how South Carolina's NIL situation, maybe it's not dire, but it's certainly nowhere near where it needs to be. And what this match initiative will do is one this is going to i know spur up a lot of interest from the fan base it will definitely have some people that will decide to join the garnet trust but at the same time if you get upwards let's just say you get up to five hundred thousand dollars and then the donor matches say if you get just that one million dollars right there shane beamer and this staff in particular they're gonna be able to use a lot of that money to retain big time players on this roster And keep guys from going elsewhere. Now, I'm not saying that you could see something like last offseason happen once again here for this football program. You know, for my my own reasons, I think in particular the group of guys that left last year, you're not going to see that happen again with having a lot of Beamers guys now in this program. I'll just put it that way. But you also cannot just bank on any kid just be willing to stay here, especially when the 2023 season did not go the way that anyone would have liked. You know, whether it's in the football program or if you're just a, you know, common fan of South Carolina. So, raising at least up to $1 million, and especially if you get to $2 million, here's what $2 million does for you. The $1 million, I would say, helps you retain pretty much Anyone that you want on your roster. If you get up to $2 million in NIL money, if you max this thing out throughout December 20th, that's going to allow the football staff to go after some big-time players. Players like Chris Mitchell, the wideout from Florida International who I talked about at the start of the show. It will allow you to go and get guys like that and fill out certain holes, but not just plug in holes on your roster. Get some guys that, for the most part, you know for a fact They are going to help your team and also potentially be maybe an all-SEC type contributor for your team in 2024. And that is something that Shane Beamer and this staff, quite honestly, have got to do. Retaining guys on their roster is the number one priority. Number two has got to be plugging in holes. Number three, get some guys that are going to be some studs at positions of need. They've got to do all three of those things this offseason. And if you get up to $2 million with this match initiative from the Garner Trust, then you'll be in a good spot here when it comes to that. Now, 
admittedly, you know, that's really just for this offseason. But again, I don't know enough about NIL and, you know, how much money typically these programs spend for an entire roster. I don't know enough about all of those details to be able to tell you, you know, what this could do beyond this offseason. But I say all that to say this. This is a great initiative that's been announced by the Garnet Trust. Uh, kudos to the anonymous donor for being willing to help out here, help the university, and help this athletic department, help these athletic programs. So, again, I'm not going to tell you, after saying all that, you need to go join Garnet Trust. I'm not going to force y'all to do that. Again, that's not my job. But, obviously, if you are interested, I will leave a link down below in the description of the video on YouTube. And, heck, I may also leave you a link on my socials, on Facebook, X and also uh, on Facebook with the post that I do for this show when you see it on this Wednesday morning and or afternoon and evening. So with all that being said, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show as always. What are y'all's thoughts on Florida International wide receiver Chris Mitchell? Do you think that he would be just the wide receiver that the Gamecocks need to get to pair up with Juice Wells this next season? What are your thoughts on the Gamecocks Ivy League strategy? Do you completely disagree with what I had to say on today's show? And lastly, what are your thoughts on this NIL match donation initiative that has been set up by the Garnet Trust? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube, or you can shoot me a direct message on X at a line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. Once again, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. <laughs>